0: Just with an angle, Don't an angle of that. what? <laughs> I was just you were doing an angle, very serious face, and you looked a bit like Jillian Anderson. Don't worry, I will edit that at the pod. <laughs> oh, she's pretty. That's fine. That's
1: fine. She's... I just had to do teams training and then like send it to somebody, and I was like, I had just got out of the shower and I felt like crap. And I what like I couldn't even. There's Carmen.
2: Hi, hey, Carmen.
0: Right, cute, well-behaved children, cat.
1: Yeah, I guess so. She's just, just like her father.
3: I was just sit t- <laughs> t- telling Cat my girls are starting Taekwondo on Thursday.
0: That's exciting. Now so... they can batter you. you
3: yeah, well, <laughs> it means if society collapses, I'll basically be the guy with his own ninja army. I love well, it. I'll be king of the world. Should we get started then?
0: I okay. think so.
4: The first thing I remember is fire, light, burn.
3: To design. Dark, Welcome to Holiday Dungeon, the Derek Stuart McPherson political podcast. Season 4, Episode 5. I am your host, David McClement, broadcasting from the Blantyre Free State. And joining me this evening is my eternal comrade, Mogai's digital Michelangelo, it's Deborah Torrance. Hi, Deborah. Hello. And also completing our triumvirate this evening is the co-convener of SNP Socialists. She's a Republican, but only on this side of the Atlantic, It's Kat Carey. Welcome, Kat. Welcome Hello, back. Hello,
1: thank you for having me. Yes, thank you. Thank you for welcoming me back, despite the threats. I can't remember what I said.
3: Yeah, I mean, But no, it was very fair. It must have been bad.
1: It was something pop culture, because that's what I don't always... That's what doesn't translate.
3: Tonight, we're going to do our best, but we're all very tired. Um chugging cans of Monster to stay awake, so if I say anything that's um, litigation-worthy, just that's my <laughs> defense already. How are you guys feeling?
1: Um, I'm okay. I'm actually pretty awake for once. I don't know. I've been hitting my tired spot. Like, I'm usually more awake at 8.30 than 7.30, so maybe it's this time slot.
3: I was night shift last night, Why I'm tired, but it's been really weird today. I felt quite awake and quite active, but as soon as I sit down, I fall asleep. So I've been trying to keep myself busy all day to to avoid that. Deborah, how are you?
0: I'm all right. I had a black coffee at seven o'clock at night, which is unlike me, but I had a wee meeting in the Eastern Bartonshire's only brewery, uh, only uh, distillery, sorry. Uh, it was good, but I was on the coffee, not on the in the, the good stuff. Um, and then I rushed back here to the podcast. And Heidi was in the office today, my puppy. Uh, so she was uh, just getting her uh, sort of what's it called uh, <laughs> when you get uh, when you Are get you... shown about the office, a tour. No, like it's called a word.
3: An orientation. Oh, yeah, an I induction.
0: You're in. Heidi was getting their induction the day at the office.
3: So was not really worth the
0: wait, was it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> worth that. I'm told you have had a lot of caffeine. My brain is rushing ahead to see what we can slag the Tories about this week. Oh, well,
3: there's another shortage of reasons. OK, and let's get on gang. So the first item we're discussing this evening is Keir Starmer has been urged to explain his trans rights stance after a worrying monthly interview. A mum's net user with concerns about child safeguarding in the context of gender identity services asked Mr. Starmer if he had read an internal report by Dr. Hilary Katz. This was on the provision of trans youth healthcare and how he'd be guided by its recommendations. However, Starmer focused on the idea of consent, saying children shouldn't be making these very important decisions without consent to their parents. I say that as a matter of principle as a parent. We all know what it's like with teenage children. I feel very strongly about this. The argument that children can make decisions without the parents is one I just don't agree with at all. Deborah, what was your thoughts? Mr Potato Head, I believe you like to call
0: him. yes, he he's big potato face. He's pure bland. I mean, this spices things up a bit. Anti-trans rhetoric. What is he doing? Like, first of all, I don't recognise mum's Mumsnet as a great outlet of uh, sort of unbiasedness or anything why I, I don't is that a, a common thing for politicians or leaders of the party to go on mum's net
3: apparently this is the third time he's did it I don't remember it before but it seems is to he be going, a thing
0: is he, going, is he trying to get the mum's vote <laughs> I don't, like, it's just weird but did they not turn against him anyway saying that he wasn't anti-trans enough did, it was, did i not read that i'm sorry i wasn't paying much attention i was hoping you were going to go to cat first so i could find out more information on it. okay so we'll done. give Deborah
1: a wee moment
3: to compose herself. Kat, what was your thoughts?
1: we'll we'll have some parent talk david right for once for once i'm on a podcast where i can go oh i have lived experience of this of being a parent <laughs> I wrote down, I actually did some preparation for tonight. So again, this later recording slot works really well for me. Did you hear continues that, Debra? Did you hear that, Debra?
3: Can't done preparation,
1: Debra. Did you hear that? That's because I'm a guest. <laughs> I have written down, Starmer continues his charm offensive on the tackiest people living in the British Isles. Because net is not a normal place for mums or parents. Or it's not a place for normal mom. I don't know. I don't consider myself normal, but all those mom blogs, it didn't take me. I think my kid was two or three months old. Eli was two or three months old. Where I was like, oh, this is not it. Like, that's not for me. Because <laughs> there's like a pipeline feeding you into like pregnancy newsletters. This is what's happening at this many weeks up until the baby's born. And then it's just insanity.
3: <laughs> I was thinking mom's name, like, these people that it's like they didn't have any kind of identity and then when they become a parent they just turned their whole identity into that because they didn't really know much about them before that but um, I'm sure one of his advisors thought this was a great way to reach out to a particularly conservative demographic that maybe Disney leaned towards Labour
1: or maybe Uh, they're trying to get to like different demographics like you know, the suburban white woman is what it was called in America. It's a little bit like that. Um, I just want to, I didn't look up the cast report for this, but I do know, I have read it before, and I do know it's not the gotcha that all the de- gender critical people quite think it is. Like, there are things that are useful in there and it doesn't, it's not what they claim that it is. But what Starmer said is why these decisions need to be between the doctor and the patient, because it threatens something called the, Gillet, the Gillick competency, which I did look up. That was in place for from 1985 on, and it's right now in place for anybody under 16. So that's like contraception, which is hormone therapy, by the way. If you're on birth control pills, if your daughter's on birth control pills, she's on hormone therapy. So maybe put that in your pipe and smoke it. But it is like what he said con- contravenes like current policy and law because it is up to the doctor. There is times when like a parent could force an abortion or force a sterilization and it, a child could say no.
3: Yeah, I can remember like when I was a kid, like this was a thing that get w- was a debate and it was kind of socially conservative then for people to be saying like, oh no, no, I want everything that my child has to go through me and you know, my child has no right as an individual beyond what I want, you know, and that's why we had like explosions in teen pregnancies because kids were sexually active, but they didn't want to go and ask about um, contraception because if they did, it would get referred and their parents would find it and that was the last thing they wanted. So there's lots of circumstances where we're showing that this kind of parental control is just, like a really negative thing but Starmer apparently doesn't seem to care
0: did he make comments on the conversion therapy was did he say something about that not that i heard okay i didn't i mind.
1: didn't see that yeah i just saw that he was saying the parent should always be notified or something like that but the gillick competency is to like if the parent wants something and the kid doesn't want to do it as well as if the kid wants to do something the parent doesn't want but you know the stuff so like I it wouldn't matter if, if my kid came home and you know came out as whatever they want to come out as but it's not about my kind of parenting it's about kids that would be unsafe all this stuff in schools and in doctor's offices it's talk to your kids they can teach you some things like honestly Hey there, listeners, Kat here from the Talking Sense pod with a big ask. Aaron and I have spoke about gender recognition reform many times before on the pod. For our December episode, we want to try something different. But to do that, we're going to need your help. What we want to do is put forth a podcast that really tells the story of what it's like to be trans in Scotland. We're trying to elevate the stories of trans people to break through all the myths and disinformation. If you are trans, we're looking for submissions from three to five minutes long to put together a testimonial about experiences obtaining a gender recognition certificate or the decision not to under the 2014 rules and regulations. We wanna hear about the gender recognition reform bill, how you think it will affect your life, how it may not affect your life, what you think of it in general, How about your experiences in trans healthcare, wait times, frustrations, difficulties, barriers? Please send us your submissions to talkingsense.ungagged at gmail.com. Again, we will fully anonymize your contribution. What we wanna do is weave a story telling of your experiences in a way that we cannot, as two cis women, who like to think of ourselves as allies one more time we want three to five minute audio contributions about what it's like to be trans in scotland and what you think about the upcoming gender recognition reforms three to five minute audio recordings send it to talkingsense.ungagged at gmail.com the link will be in the notes thank you See, because I was reading
0: most of the Twitter conversations, I think a lot of issues are being conflated over what he said because it's just. I think the thing that threw me most was the fact that he was on Mum's Net. Like, as a network, it's just. It's not a nice place, as you said, Kat. I'm, I don't have one, so I've never really had the need or felt the urge to go and check it out, but.
3: I think if you're, if you're a parent, it's quite easy to stumble on it because, right. like, you always wonder things about your kids when, like, when they're babies, about milestones, and things like that. And when you Google it quite often, if you Google a question, somebody will have asked that in Mum's net. So it, oh, that's usually one of the first things you wind up clicking on. Right. Um, but it is quite toxic. But I, I think to the general public, it I mean Mum's net, it sounds quite innocent you know like it's about parents you know how could that be negative but um and that's probably why they're getting courted with the Labour Party because you know they just see it as something that represents a big section of society even though it's not quite what it seems
1: I mean if I see someone on social media or somewhere describe themselves like in their bio as a wife and mother first before anything else I, I know that I probably will not get along with that person. You know, there's exceptions, but like when that's someone's whole identity, it just, you kind of nailed it, Deborah and David, both of you saying like, when people have nothing besides their identity as a parent, which sometimes you want to give into it. Sometimes you're so tired that that's all you are, but I won't give up so much to be on net. <laughs> the next
3: statement agenda. A Nazi sympathiser was chased by a mob of angry school pupils after he tried to recruit them outside Hall Academy last week. In a disturbing clip that appeared online, he clutched leaflets and rants about pupil, uh, to the pupils about Hitler, cultural mar- Marxism, and denies that the Holocaust happened. As he attempts to walk away, he's chased by a mob of school children who go on to launch plastic water bottles at him. It's nice to have a heartwarming story to talk about, isn't it?
1: Who would like
3: to go first? It's it's, Deborah's neck of the woods, isn't it? It's more mine than
0: Deborah's. It's more David's. Um, I'm actually prepared for this because I watched the video. Because who doesn't like to see a Nazi getting chased? As my mother always says, never hurt a living thing, but always punch a Nazi. Now, they didn't (laughs) go so far as to punch anybody. This is a joke, by the way. Most of the stuff I say in this podcast is a joke. But Jeannie does say that. Jeannie hates Nazis. She is like vehemently anti fascist. Like, she's a radical. She would. Remember
3: when that was their
0: radical position? I know. It was just standard human default. Um, I I quite like other humans. Gonna know, be anti them, Uh, which is fascism 101. These young people, yes got the guy toe, it was, like, you could see him starting to get pure anxious. Like, he was trying to be a wido a wee bit, but the young team were like, nah, you're an idiot, and they chased him. And it was nice to see, good to see young activists standing up <laughs> against the fash. Like, the guy was a bit of a tool, weren't he, when you listened to him? What did you think, David?
3: <laughs> yeah, well, my first reaction is, you know, Lark Call, I've never thought he has been a bastion of anti-fascism or progressive thought. But um <laughs> I can honestly say for the first time in my life, I was actually very proud of Lark um as somebody from Lanarkshire. I don't I don't know if you know of Lark reputation, Kat.
1: I've heard of the Lanarkshire reputation. I can never remember if it's north or south, and then someone told me no, it's all of it. Yeah. Um well-
3: Lightfall is like a bastion of sort of right wing orange order type stuff, like to the point that the green traffic lights have wire mesh over them to stop them against like smashed. And I think was it Subway?
0: Yep. And the main Sub- street yeah.
3: Subway is the only branch of Subway that doesn't use green in its logo because it would get
0: you know,
3: tanned. <laughs> when well, you hear about in over the years, you hear about all these kind of stories about Lapal, and the kind of caricature of the place builds up. You know, it just shows you that you know there's good people there, certainly good young people there, and you know they react, reacted in a way you would think any decent people would react to get confronted by an Nazi, Unlike members of our, uh, the UK government, like the Home Secretary, who used the phrase "cultural Marxism" just like that, like. Out and out, and that's the use. And when you get a government that is willing to, at very least, pander towards that kind of far right extremist um, point of view, you know, to be shown up by a bunch of teenagers and Mark Hall, who, when they were confronted with it, their first reaction was to, you know, push back. You know, so good name and shame on the Home Office, the Home Secretary, and that entire chairman
0: now, yes,
1: my so I have to admit, I have the video clipped on my phone and ready to go, but I had I didn't get to watch it. That's the one thing I forgot to do. Uh, so, live how, reaction. About, how about I will tweet it on ungagged?
0: Oh, I thought oh, you, you want me to watch it live, right now because it's, it's very short. We can edit out you actually watching it and then we can just get a live reaction. That's pretty That's cool. That's a good
1: idea. For you. Okay, I said ungagged first. I gag first. Amazing. Okay.
3: I just got a great picture of you reacting to that,
1: though. The kids are all right. That's what I got to say. Like, <laughs> and they're not activists. They're just kids outside of a school. So, I mean, to the people that do the tie campaign, to the people that do all the all the teachers who do anti-bullying, like all that curriculum, I just have to say thank you, because. My kids are learning the same thing. I get to hear from them all the time about different things, about ways of thinking that I didn't grow up with in in the upper Midwest of America. I mean, people make (laughs) Lanarkshire.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a kind of, it's more and more where you just kind of feel as if, you know, the the future really does rely on this new generation that's coming up because they seem to be. You know, have their head screwed on the right way. You know, they, they don't seem to fall for the nonsense. Um, you know, in the propaganda that's going out there, they seem to see through a lot of it. And I hope they keep that view as they get older. Um,
0: I think it's uh, their experience of being online their whole lives. To be honest, I think that
1: I'm, I mean these and- kids are pretty young. Like my kids have barely been online like, you know what I mean? They've been on, like, Mm -hmm. two different websites ever. Yeah, but those
0: kids are, like, high school age, aren't they? It was uh, at the high school, and I think that they probably just have more
1: knowledge than
0: we ever did, basically, is what I'm trying to say.
1: (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean, I I kind of agree with you. I think it's kind of, I even look at clips from like talk shows when I was a kid and they say, we can't have our kids being confused by who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. There's villains and there's evil. And, and I don't see that at all in the way that my kids are taught. And I think older generations were taught there's good, there's evil, and you have to be on the good side and you fight against evil. And I think kids are taught to maybe interrogate that a little bit more internally.
3: I mean, I think you see it like we like the kind of boomer generation on Facebook that they'd sort of just accept everything that's presented online as fact and if they keep getting fed like crazy conspiracy theories they seem to internalise it whereas I think younger people that have grown up with internet know mm-hmm. that it is full of nonsense as great as it is for so many things you know there's a lot of dif- disinformation out there and you know you have to think twice before accepting something just because just because you're a Auntie Jeannie shared it on Facebook with a lot of angry emojis.
0: Imagine isn't on Facebook.
3: <laughs> oh, I know that because I've tried to friend up loads of things.
0: <laughs> um, I'm just glad that these children weren't intimidated by a guy stunning saying this stuff outside their school. They stood up for themselves, stood up for the uh, fellow classmates. It was, I thought it was, and I, I hate using the word inspirational, but it really was. It was good. It was, I, I was hopeful for, as you say, for the, the future generation.
1: And, and the person that was saying that stuff, I think got like taken in and like, I'm not all for the police state. He wasn't, I think he has a court date in the future or something, but that's good because they talk about safeguarding children. Did these people that are all these transphobic warriors, do they care about that kid? That's a, from what I can tell, a cisgendered young white man.
3: And now a word for our sponsor. Our
5: sponsor this week is Sense of Nature Pet Service based in central Scotland sense of nature gives you a hands-on personalized experience with a variety of exciting creatures from snakes and skunks to tarantulas and turtles sense of nature has something for everyone they offer sensory sessions one-to-one in group sessions educational count- encounters for children of all ages and they are available for private events upon inquiry animal welfare is at the forefront of everything they do and if appropriate a risk assessment can be carried out at no additional cost prior to your booking To get 5% off your next booking with Sense of Nature, quote Hollywood Ungagged 5 at time of booking. To contact Sense of Nature, you can do so by email on sense.of.natureinquiries at outlook.com. You can also find them on most social media platforms by searching for Sense of
3: Nature. Our next item on the agenda, the Prime Minister has said he is very disappointed in his former Cabinet colleague, Matt Hancock, for joining I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of The MP for West Suffolk has had his Conservative whip suspended after agreeing to be a contestant in the popular ITV reality show uh, while Parliament is still sitting. Mr Hancock said his decision to enter the Australian jungle was driven by a need to deliver important messages to the Matthews. And go where the people are rather than sit in ivory towers in Westminster. He also previously said he wanted to raise awareness of dyslexia by appearing in the show and insisted it wasn't the reported £400,000 cheque which influenced his decision to sign up. Does MD watch I'm a Celebrity? Anybody a fan? I've never seen
1: it. Uh, I no. know what it is though I think. I have seen
0: it because my girlfriend likes it. <laughs> So I know the premise of the show and the tasks they do. I was surprised this was something Matt Hancock was into. But then I seen a meme of him kissing a kangaroo in his <laughs> staff office. So I understand fully now. <laughs> I love the memes.
3: I mean, he I- does kind of come across as quite desperate. Desperate for attention, desperate to be loved. So, it's it like every Tory I don't know if a lot of them care about being loved, you know, I get a lot of Tories are quite comfortable being bastards and being seen to be bastards. Um, but yeah, like, I think he's thinks that he's going to go on TV and people are going to love him and he's going to be like the nation's sweetheart. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be that at all.
0: I don't know, maybe he seen uh, Keza Dugdale went on and was quite successful, wasn't she? And no, I'm a celebrity.
3: She, I thought she she was only in it for like four days or something.
0: Well, I thought she was received quite well. She didn't come across badly. Um,
3: I never realised how many politicians had been in it actually.
0: Uh, was Ed Balls not in it, or was he in some other? I
3: think he was in the dancing one. Was he? come dancing.
0: I can't keep up with all the reality shows, No, there, there's a lot that. of there's, <laughs>
3: there's the ice skating one as well, or is that maybe that's cancelled now?
1: I thought the Uh, dancing one was like the top tier one. That's where they could get the big names. It seems like I'm a celebrity. I mean, do they get big stars on that?
3: Well, Well,
0: they've got other reality TV stars also on it.
3: Yeah, I didn't recognise a lot of the people on it. Mm. Um, Literally out of the 10 people, I think I recognised
0: three of them. Um, £400,000 though, just to go on. Like, is that a stipend? Is that... (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, just,
0: that'll be just his fee he'll get he'll um, get expenses and things like that as well I'm sure a wee holiday Australia It sounds
3: nice <laughs> I don't know, did anybody hear
0: still
3: better, but, still aren't you?
1: what I can understand or what this makes me think of and makes me furious about is that when Nicola Sturgeon went to COP and they talked about Iron Brew, right? or when any woman politician any scottish politician but mostly the women do anything uh it's oh she only cares about pictures or why is she taking photos why isn't she doing her job when it it's literally taking photos of a politician doing their job and then this asshole decides that during parliamentary term he's going to be able to get away with saying that this is to promote his members business bill like fuck mm-hmm. you dude like oh oh <laughs> oh the misogyny <laughs> just, and that's not the politicians that's like the public acceptance I mean and that's this the is media the, narrative
0: this is the thing that makes them lose the whip not uh feeling up his staff don't forget is that the same game i think they're a yes game. i think they're
1: <laughs> i think they're both like, <laughs> He's like good good reasons to remove the wick on their own yeah
0: no, but or, just while you're talking about misogyny, like that's another layer of it. Like that mm-hmm. was completely acceptable,
3: or being right. partially responsible for the deaths of nearly two hundred thousand people. Oh, yeah, of
0: course.
3: Like, and, now, very important. And, and with that, he now thinks that he can kind of wash that away, with, because he's going to go and eat some kangaroo testicles or something.
0: I don't know for if still, I'm I don't know if dyslexia. they're still eating animals. I don't know if because they were petitioned about eating the animals. So I don't know if he's gonna get choking some kangaroo <laughs> or I mean, cucumber, as...
1: Choke on some sea cucumber, Matt.
0: A big massive one. I'd watch <laughs> I'd watch that.
1: <laughs> Will he yeah. even get to do his members bill if he's got the whip removed? If it's a private member's bill, probably. I... Yeah, it's Westminster and I can't vote there. So I do so, there so there's two town councils who have called for his resignation oh, in his constituency. Good on them. So I mean,
3: I would guess that he's maybe planning to stand down at the, in the next election anyway, then. You know, like you look know, like Kezia Dugdale was clearly going to stand down anyway when she made the decision. Um
1: was she still an MSP when she did it?
3: Yeah, because get a lot of criticism as well at the time.
2: Yeah,
1: um, I just think this is stuff you should do when you're done with politics.
3: Yeah, I mean, there was, it's been quite difficult for some Scottish Tories who went in very hard with Kezia Dugdale when she did it in 2017. who mm-hmm. now i kind of have no choice but to go in with two feet on Matt um, Hancock now, uh, because you know, otherwise it'd be open to these like, accusations, of being massive. Right? they I mean,
1: that. It,
0: it's typical Tory behaviour though, isn't it? He's just looking out for himself and his own interests and thinking hmm, if I go and do this, I can maybe write a wee biography and then well, you know, I, that's
3: completely coincidence he does have a book coming out.
0: Oh, surprise! So, I didn't even know that.
3: <laughs> so it, maybe that he's raising awareness. I mean, I mean, I actually chuckled when I read, he's, he wanted to raise awareness of dyslexia. Uh, had you heard, had anybody hear heard of dyslexia before? It's a very obscure thing that I'm sure I'm sure him championing it means that everybody will hear about it because nobody's ever heard of dyslexia. It's, it's not at all a common thing. I mean, what an idiot.
1: Yeah, he should have like gone on what is it, countdown or something to raise awareness of dyslexia. Not Going out in the jungle or whatever they
0: do. Some of the tasks I've seen them do uh, are quite hard. I don't know how much they're related to dyslexia though, but they've got to like climb out and bridges and jump into the water and I think they've got to crawl through caves and stuff. I mean, I hope this is the same show that.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think it is.
0: They but did this, used to put insects in the cages with them or rats or stuff, but I don't I think they think, do
3: that now. I think they get criticised for like, eating insects or something like
0: that. Oh, so they can still get covered in them?
3: I don't know. But I, I think like, the kangaroo test and stuff. what like, The kangaroo's already dead, so they probably get away with it. Well, I presume it's dead. Maybe they'll just have a very angry kangaroo pop them a bit on though.
0: I mean, tories eat foie gras, like, voluntarily anyway, so it's probably no that big a deal?
3: I have no memory but apparently Nadine Doris went into the jungle in 2012. Did you? According to my <laughs> research I have no recollection of it at all. I don't remember any criticism. Um, maybe people just weren't they so bothered in 2012. Lembert Opik did it. I didn't know that programme was running so long. Lembert Opik did it in 2010 but I mean he done it after he lost his feet. But It didn't really help his career because He's never been, he's not been near politics since, really. Um, and he was quite high profile in the, Thames right before that. So if he thinks it's, it's certainly not going to be in a big political career. You know, I think it's
0: that. weird when politicians go on reality shows anyway. Like, their job is reality. <laughs> I do like, I, I think of, uh, what's his face? We short man, big hat. Uh, angry I am. Uh, I'm a cat. Him and Big Brother. <laughs> right. He's That was a bit... Pff. And then, what's his face? The other angry Scottish guy. Why are all Scottish... Uh, <laughs> Why are all <laughs> Scottish <laughs> politicians <laughs> angry? Um, I'd, I'd just... Who would... What politician would you like to see on a reality TV show? Boris. i like
3: to see Boris and Big Brother. Because... Wow. he wouldn't be able to keep up that facade it would slip people would finally see the nasty piece of work that he is rather than this i would never clown.
1: watch i would never watch boris johnson on i don't like think that. i could watch him
0: i think i don't know i don't think i could watch him who would you like it hmm hmm I,
1: i'll have to think about that i don't i i Try not to watch reality TV as a rule. Like I don't think Same. I watch. I watch Taskmaster, but that's like comedians doing stuff. Um I don't think I watch anything that's reality.
0: I'd Are like we, to see Bernie Sanders in a reality TV
1: show. He would never do that. No, though. I know he wouldn't. And that's why I but love that. It would, would be
0: brilliant. Can you imagine there's just constant one-liners? You'd be brilliant.
3: Sitting at the back, and his decked field with his top, and the
0: mittens
1: on. <laughs> the top one percent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think he'd do it. Yeah, maybe it's maybe that's not the way they do things here. But I think that that's for like you do politics, and then you go on and do other stuff after you're done being elected.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's he's getting still getting what eighty five grand wages for. Being an MP, and he's just basically abandoned the job for God knows how many weeks it'll take them, potentially a couple of months or something like in can run
0: for.
1: You're know, And, and there's a climate emergency and mm-hmm. there's a cost of living crisis. Like, what the fuck.
0: Yes. It's disgusting. It's horrible. It's frivolous. And just to feed his own ego. That's what I think.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a coincidence that this happened like days after Sunak announced his cabinet and he wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. I think he's seen that and thought, right, I'm not getting back in. I'm. He was maybe hoping that that would be his kind of chance to get back into the cabinet and if it's not happened. He's kind of jumped at the chance to pick up a big wad of cash and maybe get a TV career because I think he's making the calculation that his political career's done or his frontline political career at least. I think it always shows you what the motivation for these people are getting into politics in the first place. They're not getting into trying to help people or to try and, you know, help society. They're in it for their own gratification, their own um, amusement, ego. their own ego. Yeah, it's it's all about them. It's it's like what, what they say, like for these people, politics is just show business for ugly people.
1: I mean, it is very theatrical, isn't it? You know, the way we do things, it's all formatted. And there are certain people that really lean into the theatrics, especially at Westminster, but even at Hollywood, like. And it always makes me roll my eyes. Who you think? Oh, like Stephen Kerr. Definitely. 100%. Murdo Fraser, like to his own, he's like the daytime TV audience. And uh, Stephen Kerr is like the, I don't know, daytime in Las Vegas watching (laughs) Like the Osmonds kind of you know what I mean? Like
0: Alex Cole Hamilton's quite theatrical as well. He loves a bit of yes pompousness and you know grandstanding. He loves doing that.
1: Beautiful. I mean, how many times can one man talk about sewage in a matter of few months? It's ridiculous. It's of shite. He is full of shite. And that's all I'll say about him because I don't even like thinking about him.
3: So, <laughs> you use sort of picking sort of pick people you don't like. So, but I think Mary Black's quite theatr- theatrical in the House of Commons in a good way. Like, I think she uses inflections and things like that to quite dramatic effect and really to drive a point home. And that was the first person that sprung to oh, mind for yeah. me. yeah.
1: I mean, she's really good at getting a point across, but. That's always makes me think of people that are, like, good at rallies and stuff. Like, that's a very different skill set than than the thing I'm talking about, which is, yeah, the ridiculous.
3: How long do you think you'll last in the jungle, then? Do you think you'll win it? Do you think you'll get a good run? Or do you think you'll be the first one out?
0: I'm not sure. Um, I hope he's there long enough to suffer no getting any food, uh, <laughs> suffer some cold and just a hospitable environment Uh, and maybe people keep voting them in or no, because they like them but because they want to see them suffer. So if the producers of the show are listening and Matt Hancock's there, make it fucking hard for them. Make it really difficult, really uncomfortable. Take blankets off them, turn the air conditioning off if that's what they've got. Don't give them any sort of supplementary food, even in the hotel. Don't give him coffee in the in be jar in the hotel. That just start it early. Anybody? Oh. Honestly, if he's gone in anyway, make it fucking hard for him.
3: Don't give him anything except diphtheria. See how he likes it.
0: Exactly, a bit of cholera.
3: And then you just say, "Oh, sorry, diphtheria." After it was dyslexia, I get mixed up.
1: <laughs> I think it's in but South thanks. America, where there's that? There's that fish that can like swim up into somebody's. Swim up urethra. the urine stream into someone's urethra, into a man's urethra. And I kind of wish that on him. That's dark, yeah. That's
0: really dark. But I like it. Aye, you of could get it. that on day <laughs> one
1: and then they yeah. could kick him out. <laughs> that's beautiful. <laughs> I think that's the name of the pod. I'm going
0: to find the name of the fish.
2: That's, I'm, I'm it. Whatever.
0: <laughs> no,
1: it's, it's a fish. It's, oh, a it's,
0: parasi- right? yeah. it's a parasitic, I believe it's fresh water and they're quite translucent.
1: <laughs> like a Tory. <laughs> <laughs> David's Googling
0: it, he's going to say the Latin name.
3: Oh, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Can- Candiru, Candiru, C-a- C-A-N-D-I-R-U.
0: Lovely, that's the name of the pod. <laughs> We'll swim right up your urethra.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh no! When we move on to the next one, I'm gonna have to get angry again.
0: Well, that's French. That's Chef's Kiss. That honestly is beautiful.
1: <laughs> Here, I was thinking you were being bloodthirsty, Deborah. <laughs> well,
3: can, there's some really weird sort of suggested searches after you search for what comes up your urethra. <laughs>
0: Sorry.
3: Um, yeah, so I think this is just going to backfire, Matt Hancock. He'll get his four hundred grand, but I don't think he's going to get any kind of future career out of this. I think he'll be. I think he will suffer. I think the public will put him through all the trials and things like that because I think they vote for it, and um, and I think the whole time he's in there when he's elected for all these things, he's going to be convinced that it's because he's so popular and the public are voting for him and then he's going to come out and get booed massively and he's going to lose his seat whether he wants to keep it or not. Just you know, I don't see him he'll probably not get reselected. If he does get reselected, I think there's a good chance he'll lose his seat now. And yeah, I just hope lots of other bad things happen to him. Because as much as he's trying to portray Selno as some lovable scamp, you know He was the guy that was sending bin bags to doctors and nurses in the middle of a deadly pandemic and telling them that was a PPE. So, you know, yes, send them many, many urethra fish.
1: It is, I googled it, and it says also known as the penis fish. So you just call it the penis fish. We use the Latin (laughs) name. (laughs) <laughs> Penis fish. <laughs> yeah, that <was>
0: hmm.
3: <laughs> Does anybody like that have picture. anything else to say about Matt mm. No.
0: No, I'm I'm gonna write to the producers. Uh, I'm a celebrity and suggest these things.
3: <laughs> Dear ITV, have you heard of the Kindiru <laughs> fish? I would uh, like to suggest it for the first Bush Tucker trial. Okay, that's our final um, topic of the evening I wanted to talk about this because I read this column by Guy Stenhouse it was in the Herald, did an opinion piece I've never heard him before but Guy Stenhouse sits on the advisory board of Scottish Business UK as an independent non-party voice for business leaders who want to see Scotland thrive economically as part of the United Kingdom Um, For business leaders, they seem to be quite a lot of ex-Tory politicians on their advisory board. Uh, So like I said, you wrote an opinion piece in the Herald, and I had to share it because I don't think I've ever read anything that's caused me to shake my head so much in my life. So I know you've read it too, but the first bit, almost the opening line, he said the SNP said they would respect the result of the 2014 referendum, which was supposed to settle the constitutional position. Scotland for a generation. Well, for one, a generation is not a, is not really a well-defined thing. It is defined in the Good Friday Agreement as seven years, so we're already beyond that. But he's wrong anyway, because SNP never had that as policy. Uh, the UK government never insisted that get put into the Section 30. The only time it came up was Alex Salmon said that, and he, even every time he said it, he went great lengths to say it was a personal opinion. Uh, and that, that was not some; it was not policy. Of the SNP or the Yes movement. It was his personal opinion. And when he stood down as first minister, you know, nobody was bound by that.
0: All right. Well, okay. I think you're right there, uh, David. It was never policy. And as you said, it was just said by by Eck, and his sort of this is my opinion type thing. <laughs> uh, and even if. It, even if it wasn't even if it was policy, the only real example, as you said, was in the Good Friday uh, agreement. That was the only precedent that I could find anyway is some sort of definition of what a generation is. And so what, uh, if it wasn't uh, seven years anyway, what if it was five years? Like maybe we could have saved ourselves some hassle. <laughs>
1: he he acts like the SNP doesn't care about the, results of the referendum and then nothing nothing else has changed when really brexit so like th- if there's a material change in circumstances that legitimates another section 30 that is completely agreed upon amongst academics amongst people from you know polling companies or pollsters from either side of the argument unless they are writing brit Fen- britnet fanfic which could be also the (laughs) title of this episode but like Britnet fanfic that's all I could think of because I was getting mad and pulling this apart beat by beat and then I realized it is it is fanfic and it's ridiculous so whether or not it's once in a generation we don't need to wait once in a generation because there's been a material change in circumstances and talk about not respecting things like what about the promises of federalism and Devo Max? Look at how Liz Truss never met with Nicola Sturgeon. Look at how, you mm-hmm. know, Theresa May wrote off Nicola Sturgeon in the Brexit uh, negotiations. It's just he's saying non-factual things.
3: Yeah, one of the things he says about Brexit is he said it's it's been uh, the Scottish government's excuse to reopen the question. But if it wasn't that, they would have found another excuse. It's like what like you said, they always said if there was a material change of circumstances, for example, if Scotland was dragged out of the EU against uh, what it voted for. So it wasn't just that they said well there has been, they specifically used that as a, a hypothetical which yeah. then turned out to be true.
0: And as well, don't forget the last referendum, they, pro- they insisted that the only way to stay in the EU was to vote no. So let's not forget that we... <laughs> i'd actually
3: kind of forgot that they made
1: such a big deal well because like david cameron and all like all of the leaders of those parties did want to stay in the eu so they were able to put a ring of truth to their arguments that mm-hmm. there's nothing of, of substantial truth behind their arguments this time around
0: yeah but then david cameron succumbed to his backbenchers didn't he and the ukip phenomenon Remember that, I mean, that, when you talk about a material change, so much has changed, so much. Well, I
3: mean, how many prime ministers have
2: been
0: through? Exactly. <laughs>
3: I'm genuinely trying to count.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All the fingers, get your toes out enough.
3: We're on a fourth prime minister since then. So, I mean, even if you just forget about Brexit, you know, the fact that the, the UK has just descended into such a kind of unstable mess, you could argue, is a material change in circumstances. You know, strong and stable. Um yeah, he went on to say that the UK government should agree to allow another referendum, but only if two-thirds of MSPs voted in favour of it. And it's just like you're just changing the goalposts all the time, and it's like, why? I mean, he just kind of says, "Yeah, that's what should be done. That would be fair. Why is that fair? Explain to me how that's fair, except it massively benefits his side."
1: Well, so the in Westminster, the Tories have a veto-proof majority. So he talks about the independence movement or the SP. I think it was more of a collective independence-supporting vote was wafer thin but the tories got 43 and percent and they have this humongous majority he does go on to argue that scotland should go back to first past the post so like but if scotland had first passed the post at Holyrood, we would have an overwhelming majority in favor of independence at scottish parliament so it's all like the mental cartwheels that guy does like he must be like yeah ugh. Must be very flexible. I <laughs> have a gold medal at the mental gymnastic gymnastic mental gymnastics. A gold medal at the mental gymnastics. Ugh. I mean, okay, now uh, I'm getting if, tired. If your if your
0: goals are to regress politics in Scotland, then he's sort of arguing for that anyway, isn't he? He's wanting the, the first part. I mean, everybody else that's wanting progressive politics is talking about having a more representative a, you know, proportional electoral system. I said that back to front. front. A more proportional <laughs> representation uh, via the electoral system. And I'm hoping that we're in independent Scotland, that's where we're going. But he's talking about remaining in the UK and, as you say, David, changing the goalpost, moving things a bit, so it's harder
1: for us to achieve change. Yeah, yeah. there's no logical soundness. There's like,
3: no, rest, aye. Yeah, because he then goes eh, into, you know, Talk about underhand fiddling between the Greens and SNP. You know, like, as if they were somehow conspiring to get, like, a massive majority or something. Like, you know, because he says that a party, he wants to prevent parties standing in the list unless they've also put up candidate as each of the region's constituencies. Well, I mean, that just, even be his own logic, it doesn't make sense. You know, apart from the fact that it would cost the Greens a lot of money, if the Greens put candidates up in all the constituencies, do we really think it would have massively changed the overall outcome? You know, like, I don't think the Greens would have took any constituencies anyway. Anyway, I don't think, I'm not sure, maybe you could argue they might have cost the SNP a couple of very marginal seats. Uh, but even that, I don't know, I think tactical voting would have probably... Uh, came to the rescue there because I think green voters knowing that the Greens don't have a chance would probably, except in some extreme circumstances, support the SNP if it was a very close uh, a close race between you know like them and a Tory or something like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So I don't really know what he thinks he's what point he's making or what he thinks he's resolving to be in doing that. Um because I think under his rules, the Greens' bank balance would be worse, but the overall result in the election, I don't think, would be different at all, really.
0: Yeah, I just read that bit like he didn't want any opposition.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's like, like he's convinced himself he that something... He's convinced something happened that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, like... He's acting as if the SNP have ran in the constituency and not ran in the list. Like the SNP, a, ma- a much bigger list vote than the Greens did. A lot of it because uh, ended up going in the bin because they won so many constituencies. But he doesn't seem to understand that. He seems to think that the Greens got all the SNP's uh, like second votes, as people like to call it. And that just didn't happen. It didn't happen at all. And there's nothing to say that uh, that the people that voted green on the list were not green supporters. It seems to think that, as some people do, that green votes are basically just SNP sympathy votes, which is just not true.
1: No, it's not true. Um, I think that you you nailed it when you said it would hurt the Greens' bank balance. He wants to make it more cross, cost prohibitive mm-hmm. to, for a party to stand in elections. He wants it to be for the people with money. Yeah. So and, and the other thing is that like the Greens would actually have more MSPs in Holyrood. Like if Patrick Harvey didn't stand in a constituency in Glasgow, he got a lot of votes. Like, Kim Long should be an MSP, really. Mm-hmm. But that's a calculation that the Scottish Greens made for whatever reason, and that's not my party, so, you know. Was that um, Glasgow East, Kim Long's and Dennison is it? No, Kim Long was on the list. She would have gotten it, and Patrick stood in the Kelvin, I think. Yeah, okay. Say. Yeah,
3: but I mean, it because he didn't want to see it, that didn't really affect the list vote, although, you know, I suppose some people were confused. Like, I, you still sometimes get people who don't realise you can vote the same in the list and the constituency. Um,
1: don't they, even if you don't win the seat, don't they take how many you got in the constituency vote away?
3: No, no, it's only, it's only, it's the number, they divide it by the number of seats you won plus one. So if you don't win any seats, it doesn't matter if you had, you know, 49% in every constituency. So um, how many
1: people you think voted for Rosa Sally on the list? You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I'm sure she got more li- uh, votes on the list than probably any other candidate, actually. But she didn't get in because her vote was then divided by 11, I think it is, because mm-hmm. uh, because the SNP won all the Glasgow seats.
1: And also, list MSPs are still democratically elected. Like yep. it's fine. Yeah. Most of the leaders, like the Labour leader, the Conservative leader, not the Lib Dem, but the both the Green leaders, are elected on the list, and it's still democratic. Like
3: yeah. Nicholas Stur- Sturgeon was elected in the list in the past in the yeah. first couple of parliaments. Yeah, I mean it's, it, that's one of my pet peeves. I've no ranted about it for a while, but um, people that try to. Um, denigrate, like, list MSPs, usually because they have an issue with a particular MSP like Murdo Fraser and they're willing to throw the entire Scottish Parliament voting system and, you know, most of the (coughs) members uh, that are list members, they're willing to throw them all under the bus just to have a potshot at, uh, you know, Myrtle Fraser, which you can understand the temptation because it's Mm -hmm. really tempting to have a potshot at Myrtle Fraser.
0: Sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say how I liked how he said that uh, any referendum should not take place through a Section 30 order. And I was like, so how how does he want it? Like, can we just <laughs> UDI it?
3: <laughs> uh, well, what he said is, he claimed it was a grossly biased question and the deliberate <laughs> exclusion of Scots living in the rest of the UK. So he means... Uh. Excluding people that didn't live in Scotland.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to have well, a Scottish passport yeah. to be able to tell who's Scottish outside of Scotland.
3: So he says that the question, the electorate and the rules of the election uh, should not be determined by either government but be controlled by an independent commission potentially including international members. So like some kind of independent electoral commission that yes. ran the election the last time. guy. The one that set the question, because the question that got asked was not the original question was the Scottish government came up with do you agree Scotland should be an independent state? The Electoral Commission says you should drop the do you agree bit, because that's slightly influencing people. And the Scottish the Scottish government went, right, okay, that's exactly right and proper. So where was the where was the grossly biased question?
0: I think it's because it used the word independent wasn't it? Should Scotland be an independent country? That's, that's
3: what they were voting on.
1: <laughs> I, exactly. I don't well, know how else we'd phrase it. <laughs> well the most recent Quebec independence uh, referendum had a very convoluted question that they think was designed by a committee and lost the the vote because people didn't know which way to vote. Like that's what He's very purposely asking for that. Mm-hmm. And of course he doesn't want a Section 30 because that's internationally legally recognized. So that's simple. what he doesn't want. And he's writing to his very specific audience. He's writing his Britnet fanfic. So.
3: Yes. I mean, even like, I mean, surely they remember what the question was. They read it when they voted on it. You know, like it was a very simple and straightforward question as it should be. So what was biased about it? And, and, and does that mean he doesn't think the electoral commission, or, um, or well, basically he, he describes the election commission. So apparently he doesn't think it exists already. I mean, I generally don't know if the guy is completely misinformed or if he's just spouting lies. You know, because I don't, I don't know how how you come up with that. How like did he think the Scottish government wrote the question? Decided all the rules, you know, because they've done a really bad job at rigging it then because we lost.
0: Thank you. I like the next bit as well <laughs> uh, about how it has to be inclusive a referendum to leave the UK won by a tiny overall majority, but with regions outside the central belt being against it as a recipe for disaster. So what is he asking there for the dispersal of the Scottish population? And, like, every like every single paragraph, as you said, David, reading through this is stupid. It's yeah, just he, stupid.
3: He's saying that Scotland should be partitioned. If is that what partly I mean? it, If partly it's wanting to stay
1: in UK. And also... Like, what region outside the Central Belt is wholly against independence but the borders? Like, the Highlands and Islands, the Western Islands? Like, even Shetland and Orkney do their own thing. I'll give them that. But, like, most of the areas outside the Central Belt, like, a good area of land mass and population, are very much in favour of independence and some of our safest seats.
3: Can you imagine the absolute nonsense of having a referendum under that rule? Scotland votes to be independent, but Edinburgh, the capital city, ends up staying part of Britain because it voted it voted for the union.
1: Edinburgh how is a yes city that? now, by the way. Officially, yes. Edinburgh is a yes city. <laughs>
3: well, they can prove it next year, hopefully. Um, but, you know, like, how is that workable? That, all right, OK, so we're going to have this tiny wee exclave of the UK and in, in the middle of an independent Scotland.
1: And with the sense. consent of like the rest of the people living in the UK, right? Like, yeah, I, oh. of course. <laughs> and oh. probably,
0: probably expats. I bet he's one of those uh, guys that think people in that live over in Spain should be able to decide, <laughs> or you know, Australia. I don't like.
1: I, I don't know. My yeah. favorite part of this whole article is where he said, "The endless chaos and chaos and division." of politics in Scotland, like, how do you write that without like something catching on fire after all this crap, all this crap with Liz Truss, all this crap with Boris Johnson, like the endless chaos. Like we actually have a competent government. They're not perfect, but we have a competent leader. Like what the fuck, man?
0: And just before that, he said that clarity of process uh, and decisive outcome is required. How is there any? Cl- how is there any clarity in what he suggests? <laughs> it's just as 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 you say, it's ridiculous fan fiction written for a very specific audience. But I'm glad you um, highlighted it, David. It was a good laugh
3: to read. Yep. Also, as well, look, like, how do you break that down? Like when he's saying like, oh, if this region, so okay, like. Uh what if Edinburgh
1: voted, don't say it. If say the voted, borders. <laughs> somewhere on the borders.
3: East I don't know the borders. In fact, I say to Freeson Galloway because I've got a friend that's speaks Galloway, and he's one of the biggest independence supporters I know. So just, just because I find it funny and wind him up, the go. idea was then all of Scotland becoming independent, but Galloway wants to stay with England. Oh, and like, like would, Angus, would
0: be so parts curious. of Angus, yeah. I would like it if, uh, like, some of the islands decided, and but not all of, like, some of the Shetland Islands, but not all of them. <laughs> uh, so that, and- but
3: that's, that's, that's the point I was going to make. So, OK, so this region voted to stay, but this part of the region voted to leave. So, you know, would you just keep balkanizing the place until you're, you're done to street level, where it's like, right, okay, I need to cross the road, I'll need to get my passport because I'm crossing into... I mean, it hasn't know.
1: stopped him before. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the but, um, Republic
3: of Tarzo. <laughs> but he actually does admit that that's not a great solution. He says, so the other solution that he would go with then is to keep Scotland intact, that it should be that every region just, in order to get a vote, has to be in favour of it. So... It's not that we need to win a referendum. He wants us to win 32 referendums to be independent, which seems fair, clearly.
1: (laughs) Clearly. I don't think this guy is stupid. I think he's a very smart businessman who is writing to specific people. How many people are going to come forward with these talking points that we're going to have to sit here and argue with them?
0: This is what I was just saying to some of the... if my fellow sister branches, that, that this sort of stuff, we're, we're going to see more and more of this. It's going to be more ludicrous, more ridiculous, because the current situation we are in is ridiculous. So they're going to up it and be like, oh, you can't be independent because what if the pound falls even further? What, like it, It's just going to be, everything's going to be, remember it was the project fear last time. Right, yep. it's, go- it's going to be worse than that like and we're going to get more promises of devo full max extra plus federalization <laughs> like it's that the things that are going to the things we're going to see this is just the very tip of the ice this is a wee taster in ludicrousy I, to be
3: honest if this is all i've got i am not worried about losing another referendum because this is nonsense it's completely doesn't make any intellectual sense and if this is if this is what they're reduced to it then they might as well throw the towel in now because the referendum's in the bag because they'll get nothing but stupid fairy tales about keeping Edinburgh and keeping the borders and cutting the country up and getting people who don't even live here to vote in it. I mean, what are they talking about?
0: I agree. I agree with you, David. I think that's a good note to end because it had a good punch.
3: Thanks for joining us again. Um, you can find all our podcasts at leftungag.org as well as written articles. We'll get a North American based monthly podcast World Beat with George Collins. You can Check that out. We also have the Top and Sense podcast, podcast with uh, Kat and Erin. And if you get anything you'd like us to talk about on Hollywood, you can tweet us at uh, underscore ungag, hashtag Ungag, or send us an email at uh, Ungag left at gmail.com, putting Hollywood ungagged in the subject line. And if you enjoyed this, then please give us five stars on whatever podcast platform you use. We also have a very vibrant Discord community going now, so if you'd like to get involved in that, please contact us on any of our social media channels and we'll get you in there. Deborah, Kat, thanks for joining us. Everybody that was listening, thanks for tuning in. And we'll catch you next week.
2: Bye. Bye.
4: First thing I remember is fire Light burns unending A nightmare haunting earthly design signs, black shards taunting, it's poison, danger seeping inside.